I have what I can only describe as this experience of a complete and total um, enveloping of self-love and love for my others and like every cell of my body, every aspect of my being, everything that I've ever done and will do. And, um, and then it went on into a lot more depth in this journey of, of seeing people in my life and how they saw me. And ultimately, um, I had a completely different experience about who I am and what's possible in my life that then really, in a lot of ways, set me on the course to the place where I am in my life now. Welcome to the Way of the Healer Conversations for Change podcast. I'm your host, Darieth Chisholm. Here, you'll meet some of the world's most extraordinary thought leaders and experts, iconic artists and creators, top performing athletes, successful entrepreneurs, philanthropists, spiritual teachers, shamans, healers, and many, many more. They sit with me, an Emmy award-winning TV host and former news anchor turned filmmaker and life and business coach for some powerful conversations for change. What are these conversations about? Healing. Healing. Healing all aspects of our mind, body, soul, spirit, this planet, each other, and the systems and structures we're currently living in. You'll learn about topics like plant medicine and psychedelics, spirituality, conscious entrepreneurship, conscious communication, the new earth, quantum leaping, multidimensional living, pleasure, play, and sexuality, breathwork, sound healing, food and supplements, and ah, there's just so much. You're just going to need to subscribe to the channel and listen. Come with me now behind the curtain to get the backstory on how and why these remarkable people heal themselves and others, how they lead, what makes them tick, what lights them up, gets them down, keeps them going, and what they believe is the way of the healer. So let's go. On this show, you'll meet lots of people who are using plant medicine and ancestral medicines along with psychedelics for various different reasons. And today's guest, Sloan, is going to tell us how ayahuasca completely transformed her life. As a former business attorney, Sloan spent almost two decades advising entrepreneurs and companies on various different business topics. But with this behind-the-scenes perspective, what she discovered was how most accomplished people make decisions and the nuances between success and inner fulfillment. Sloan used this experience along with her own personal journey to develop mastery of guiding women to creating their unique and highest versions of themselves and success. She collaborates with shamans and facilitators worldwide and leads transformational plant medicine retreats. And in this episode, we talk all things grandmother ayahuasca. We dive into why integration after ayahuasca is more important than the journey itself. We talk about using neuroscience to understand the importance of integration, how plant medicine is perhaps the perfect complement to consciousness and growth work, how to know how you're being called to ayahuasca. Plus, we talk pleasure, play, and sexuality, and so much more with the use of plant medicines. So stay with us, and let's go. Plant medicine, psychedelics, and cannabis have really helped me deepen my meditation practice and morning routine. 
And while you don't necessarily need our plant natural allies to assist you in meditation, I find that with meditation, I'm able to have more clarity, direction, purpose, and allow divine guidance and wisdom to flow through me. Stillness and quieting the mind allows you to access more of who and what you truly are. And that's where you can activate more creative expression and fulfillment of your dreams. As a gift to you, my friends, I've designed a special high frequency activation to help you encode, embrace, and elevate your consciousness to ignite your creativity and passion. It's free and available for a limited time. Go to dariath.com forward slash meditations to receive a guided meditation series with journal prompts and attuned high frequency sound waves. That's dariath.com forward slash meditations. Hello, 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 my friends. So delighted that you are joining us today for another powerful episode of The Way of the Healer, Conversations for Change. And my conversation today with Sloan is one that we both <laughs> admittedly have been waiting for. So thank you so much, Sloan, for saying yes and for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted. Really looking forward to it. You know, it's really funny how you meet people through people through people. And as I think back, it's probably been about three or four people that ultimately has led us to this conversation. And, and we've never met face to face and we've had several conversations on the phone, but uh, I do sense that that there is uh, this connection, right? You know how that kind of happens in conversation. And, and it warms my heart to know that on this planet, in this day and age, even through technology, whether it's through Zoom or the cell phone, that you can you can meet someone and have a sense that there is a, a knowing. I've known this person. I've journeyed or had a soul situation. Maybe not as deep as you think, but there's a kinship or a friendship that is that is there. And I feel that with you. And so thank you. Thank you. I've felt that since the first time we spoke. So thank you to Lisa who introduced us, yeah. who felt that there must be a connection. And it's just, you know, you and I, we can go into the juiciest, deepest topics, which is why I've been really looking forward to this chat today. Yeah. Yeah. And Lisa by way of two or three other people. So that just goes True. to show how that, <laughs> how that all leads here. Yeah. Yeah. So lots to talk about today. And um, I really want to begin this conversation. Uh, and funny that you shared this before we got on, because this was the first question that I had, but that like, um, while you can tell me about your various experiences with with grandmother with ayahuasca, is there one that comes to mind that for you is is the one that um, feels the most profound for you? Mm -hmm. Definitely is the first time that I ever experienced ayahuasca. So that was about eight years ago. And at that time, you know, it was a very different mood around this medicine. It was very secretive. The information online was much more fear-based and very limited. And um, I had just felt like I wanted to have this experience. I put the word out generally, but I was at the very beginning of experiencing, let me just see when this comes into my world and flowing with life. And I had a friend who reached out and she said, hey, uh, there's actually a shaman who's coming to Los Angeles. He's been raised since birth to be a shaman they're holding this ceremony. Do you want to join? And actually my sister was going to be in town that weekend. And I checked in with her and we we're like, okay, yeah, you know, let's try it. And I just, I just knew it was healing. I didn't know a lot about it. And when I first started looking up information online, 
and it was really a lot of dark things that I saw. I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. I know I'm going to experience this. Let's just try it. And it was so secretive. They didn't even share where we were going until the day of. And so we actually drove out to this location in Malibu and get there at dark and all the cars are pulling in. And there are probably about 70 of us in this giant home. Um, and up at the front, you can see Tue, who was the shaman, and then a bunch of other singers and support people. And they're all getting ready. And everybody's kind of that like nervous, excited feeling. And um, we we start the ceremony and we drink the medicine. And to be honest with you, my my first experience that night was really terrible. I did not enjoy it at all. I was tossing and turning and thinking about all these things in my life, kind of like a nightmare context. And it just seemed like bad and frustrating. And I felt nauseous and I just, I wasn't enjoying it. And the sun came up and we actually then did combo, which is another medicine. So really clears you out. And, and by that point, I was just like, oh my gosh, get me out of here. This is nothing like what I thought it would be. And, and we got to spend the day at home sleeping. So we go home and we rested for a little while. And I woke up and I, I looked at my sister and I'm like, listen, I can't go back. That was terrible. I, I can't imagine doing that again tonight. And I reached out to one of the facilitators and he said, listen, I know how you feel. And if you don't come back, you're probably going to feel fine within a couple of days. But if you do, it's going to be a completely different experience. And then I called my daughter's dad who, um, and I've shared with him, I don't know what to do. And, and he was like, Hey, didn't you just commit and make a commitment that you were going to follow through with the things that you've already committed to? And I was like, Oh yeah, you're right. Okay. Okay. I'm going to do this. So I went back and that night truly changed the trajectory of my entire life. I, we did the ceremony again. And this time I have what I can only describe as this experience of a complete and total, um, enveloping of self-love and love for my others and like every cell of my body, every aspect of my being, everything that I've ever done and will do. And, um, and then it went on into a lot more depth in this journey of, of seeing people in my life and how they saw me. And ultimately, um, I had a completely different experience about who I am and what's possible in my life that then really, in a lot of ways, set me on the course to the place where I am in my life now. Mm, yeah. You know, my first experience with ayahuasca is very much that it was an entire day. It was a day ceremony of love and what is love? How do we love? My whole body was permeated and with this sense of love and feeling of love and, and, and the oneness of love in the universe. And it was the most profound experience. Uh, and, and it's, it's really interesting just what that does. Like when you said, in terms of it shifting the trajectory of your life and so much. So, um, share with us how uh, in your previous life or, or, or not previous life, but in this lifetime, in your previous career, you were an attorney and your work now is, is entirely different than that. 
Yes. Yes. So I was already in the process of, I had my own law firm and I was a business lawyer supporting entrepreneurs. And I was already in the process of coaching and guiding these clients that I was also helping with their legal work. Um, but really this was the beginning of me starting to understand that I have a much bigger, deeper impact that I'm here to make than being an attorney and practicing law. And it allowed me to soften into shifting because before this, I actually had a mentor who I was working with. And I remember at one point he asked me, he was like, Hey, would you ever be a coach like me? And I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> There's no way. And this experience, I started to soften into, oh, there, there actually is a whole nother depth of a way that I'm here to help people. And, and that is really kind of the beginning of shifting my perspective about who I am and what's possible in life to be doing the work that I'm doing today. Were you worried at all about what people would say when they discovered that you were working with plant medicine? No, you know, I've, I've been on a long life path of marching to the beat of my own drum and, um, living life like an adventure. And I think at that time though, that idea with I'm a lawyer and that whole thing for me was much more being locked into this prestigious, like I'm, I'm an attorney, I'm a professional and, and, um, loosening the plant medicine helped to loosen the importance or my, maybe my connection to that just became like, yeah, okay. That's okay. a lot less important actually than my life purpose. Yeah. It's really interesting the way that plants work to really help to, well, well, we know that it expands consciousness, but it has something to do with the way that we also look at um, where we are now and the the parameters that we put around what we're experiencing and sometimes think that that's the only way to go. And like you said, it softens us into the possibility that there could be more to life than just being a lawyer. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. possibly. Simply. Yes. Like, <laughs> this lifetime, you might decide something else different, right? Yes. And so yeah. when you're working with clients, the type of work that you do, how, is, how does plant medicine inspire you in the current work that you're doing? Uh, that's such a good question because for me, plant medicine is the perfect complement to consciousness and growth work. So just like you and I, and a lot of the women and, and men that we know, um, people are really growing and listening to podcasts and working with mentors and coaches and therapists and doing all of this conscious growth work. And the clients that I work with are no exception. They're typically successful, powerful women who are doing great things in the world. And one of the things that happens with plant medicine is that it not only unlocks things that maybe, maybe were only intellectual concepts like um, you can have an idea that you should be loving yourself and you should treat yourself well. And you're like, yeah, of course. And I feel, I feel good about myself or I treat myself well. And then you can have an experience with the medicine where you actually feel what it feels like to love yourself or to have compassion for yourself, mm -hmm. or even to, to grieve and let yourself feel on a different level. So I have a story I can share. 
um, with this unlocking that's a, a little bit different of a context, which is I had a client who came to me a while ago and on the outside, she had a very successful business doing great things, powerful woman. And she's one of those people, you know, who you just love to be around. She, she, people love her as a human and behind the scenes, she was really struggling. She was waking up in the morning and crying or feeling like she just couldn't even get going with all the stuff she had to do. She was really facing burnout and was very disconnected with where she was. And so we started in on the consciousness work, looking at, you know, where is she out of alignment, starting to make shifts in her life. Um, and she started to make moves. And then she had a, an ayahuasca experience. She came to our retreat and what emerged in this retreat were two things for her fundamentally. The first was she actually had some really deep grief about some things that had happened with her family that she knew they happened, but she didn't even know she had grief about, she didn't know it was making her sad or there was a, anything inside about it that she had then this big, uh, awareness and also allowing some of the grief to be released. And then she also had an experience of a really profound loving and caring for herself. Now with those two things, what happened after the plant medicine experience is that all the things that she's been exploring and looking at about creating spaciousness, moving from her inner guidance, you know, creating something new and allowing life to be an adventure, all of that clicks into place in, a, in an embodied way. She's understanding it from a different perspective that then she really powerfully started moving forward in her life on a whole new level. Yeah, it is truly in, ineffable. Um, not only the experience when you're with plant medicine, but the changes that can, or sometimes can occur after the experience. In fact, it to me is where the, 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 the most tangible piece of the experience comes to light. It's in the days and the weeks and the months. And sometimes you look back and you're like, wow, if not for that experience, I may not be here where I am today. And I think that's one of many beautiful elements that come out of working with, with plant medicine. There's also this sense, um, and, and I talk with enough people who, whose experience is like your first night, uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, oh, this is awful and painful and I can't, and, um, you know, I, no one's here to judge. It is what it is. We all have our own journey. We all have our own awakening to come through and move through. And then there's also this sense of pleasure and play and, 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 openness and, and even uh, forms of sexuality and sensuality that also can emerge out of the experience. What's your, what's your take or opinion on that? Definitely a hundred percent. Yes. The, the ayahuasca experience has gone for me for being really deep into healing and self-awareness and um, into much more about pleasure, inspiration, and innovation. And I still, to this day, have healing experiences. I would say, I, you know, it's almost like a, a rose blooming where the more and more petals are coming open and, um, you know, getting into some of the deepest places for me to have healing on a journey. And I've created so much and experienced so much pleasure also, where even though for me now I might have 
sadness or um, some kind of awareness that's challenging to experience, I'm still experiencing the pleasure of it in the journey. Yeah. It's nothing like what I first experienced all those years ago. I think that brings up the conversation around integration. You know, I often talk about the importance of really not just the journey, but the preparation and all that can take place, or you should, I, I don't like to use the word should, but, but is open for one to experience. And then of course there's the journey and then the integration, which is quite possibly the biggest piece of all of this. And knowing that that is the, the, the process to which your work with medicine continues to weave itself along, along the path. And so what are your, how do you encourage some of your clients? Uh, what kinds of conversations do you have around the importance of integration? Mm, I love that you're bringing this up because it's one of the areas of this work that I'm the most passionate about. And it also is actually the least served area that I see in the plant medicine experience and healing world overall. So with integration, you know, it's like, have you ever been to a conference or some kind of growth seminar, or maybe even a very special family gathering where at the moment you feel like, oh, this is so phenomenal. And you're learning so much and you're, you're elevating and you're inspired. And then you go, and maybe the next day you have to go right back to work. And then it's like, Oh yeah, that was, that was great. That was nice. You have some some photos on your phone and okay. You kind of move on with your life and, and truly the experience with ayahuasca for many people will say that was one of the top experiences of my life for sure. And then many people who don't focus on integration will also say a year down the line, Hmm. I know that was so powerful and it was so special. And yet I'm, I, I don't really know how it affected my life. I I'm not really seeing, yeah, it changed me, but was it actually that powerful? And so the integration is really all about how do I take what has evolved for me in this journey and make it a part of my life? Now that can be actual tangible things for some people get, you know, clarity about the context of a relationship or their new direction in business or, you know, something that you need to take action on. And then it can also be about ways of being. So if we're talking about pleasure, for example, it's like, okay, maybe in an ayahuasca journey, you're experiencing your physical body on a level that you don't usually most people in our world are kind of walking around like a big head with a body hanging off of it. Very little connection to an awareness of our body, right? And so maybe you have a, an experience of pleasure. Sometimes I'll have an experience of just touching my skin, my bones, experiencing the magnificence of my body that then part of the integration is to start practicing that when I'm not on the medicine. You know, sometimes when I wake up in the mornings and for part of my morning ritual, I'll just lay in my bed and with my eyes closed and just touching and appreciating my, my body, my anywhere. I feel like, wow, this human physical form is so special. And, and that's a gift of awareness that I've gotten from the ayahuasca experience. Mm, Wow. That that's beautiful. Uh, especially remembering the gift and then Mm -hmm. embodying it through touch 
and through yes. continuous awareness, uh, which is such a beautiful way to appreciate ourselves. Uh, yeah. it, it brings me to the question around, um, you know, the, the struggle that sometimes people have, even with the consideration of sitting with ayahuasca or any plant medicine, and the thing that trips them up is, that's illegal, that's wrong, that's, and yet this, the, the, the beautiful awarenesses that can occur as a part of the experience of something that comes from nature, but our mind and society can trip us up and keep us away from what could be our most ultimate experience. Yes. Yes. I love that you're bringing that up. I, another area I've seen that especially is um, for people who have faced addiction, alcohol and drug addiction, and especially for people who have been deep into AA or NA and, you know, the whole context and maybe a way that they've gotten healthy is through being really firm. I'm not going to ingest any substances. And actually this medicine is helping people heal from addictions. And then all the other things that are present underneath that often. Um, and it, it's a real mindset shift to come to a place of seeing this as a medicine and not as a substance or drug or drug. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is exactly. a big mind shift. And, and then there are people within the um, entheogen communities who um, would refer to not even refer to it as medicine. Um, mm. You know, there are those that will call it ancient technology or, um, or really this, this kindred spirits. I mean, it has all of these different connotations and definitions. Um, and, and for those of us in the space, other than drugs, um, which can can open people up in various different ways. What would you say to people who ultimately do have a fear of experiencing ayahuasca? Well, it's interesting, you know, for me with ayahuasca is something that you are called to experience. Now, if we think of, you know, inner guidance and our highest selves calling us to have a new life experience on a general matter that could be about ayahuasca or not, Usually that inner guidance is pulling us to experience something that is out of our known world, something new, something that will cause growth, which a lot of times associated with that, there's a fear. We have our animal brain, our subconscious, which is really in place for us to stay alive. And in back in prehistoric human times where, you know, the threat of safety was if I go to this new area, maybe there's a lion there that's going to kill me and our subconscious and our kind of basic sense of um, self would want us to be careful about going over there because we want to stay alive. Well, of course, in our modern day world and in the life that most of us are living now, that's not really an issue. We're not, we don't need to worry about um, if I go and try this new business, I might die but sometimes it feels like that on the inside. And it's the same with ayahuasca, assuming that you're sharing with whoever is serving your medicine, you're sharing about your medication and your health history. And for the very limited circumstances where that actually matters, assuming you're sharing the full truth, ayahuasca is very safe to actually ingest. There's nothing that's going to happen to you besides having a mirror held up to who you really are on the inside. And, and that can be scary. That can be painful. That can be 
um, really different than a lot of people are used to seeing. And I, I totally, I have so much compassion for that. And if you're called to have this experience, if you're interested in it, if you can't stop thinking about it, if you keep hearing about it, it's worth at least exploring and asking yourself the question, do I want to look at myself in this way that maybe is very different and it is also quite miraculous? Mm, yeah. And speaking of having the medicine call to us and, and knowing how to answer the call, the question then becomes, where do I go? And as mm -hmm. we are aware that here in the U.S., um, ayahuasca is illegal, albeit there are uh, many underground, beautiful facilitations that are occurring. And obviously people can travel to other countries uh, and experience it uh, freely. However, that brings up two things, if uh, two, several things, but two most importantly, the expense, which for many people that is it's cost prohibitive. And then secondly, putting oneself in the jungle or the Andes or the mountains or someplace else and having a beautiful shaman or medicine holder who may not speak English and then having to come back and not only make sense of your experience, but then not necessarily having someone who can support you ongoing if you're in the U.S. and you happen to speak English. So, so mm -hmm. what, what would you say to someone who's sitting saying, I think I'm hearing the calling, I'm curious, but it's way expensive and um, I don't speak that language. Yeah, I love that. Well, first, let me say um, it's not completely illegal in the United States. So our retreat is um, a collaboration with a church. So they are registered as a church and they're actually than um, sharing the medicine legally. So in that context, um, there are opportunities to experience it legally. And um, that's definitely important. And for a lot of people that I know, as far as choosing what experience is right for you, um, when I first had my first journey, <clears throat> Back then I had heard that it was so important to work with a shaman who was raised since birth because they know about the ins and outs of this medicine and they've been around it their whole lives. And what I did have a very profound experience with that. Those shamans are um, raised learning something called Icaros, which are songs that are for different elements of healing or growth. And, and some shamans could know a hundred or hundreds of these songs. And it's, a beautiful experience. And, um, there are differentiations even within the groups in the Amazon. Some are much more of a context where it's like, you drink the medicine, you go lay on your mat, you have this experience all by yourself and just kind of like work it out. Some are much more community-based that it's about being together, that it's about this journey together, interacting in different ways. And then here in the U.S., what I've experienced are a same variety. Some people who have been trained with shamans in the jungle, some people who, like our group, who are um, really have created an ayahuasca experience that's I would call high touch, having very conscious, trained, highly trained people who have done thousands of journeys there for you and there if you want someone to walk you to the restroom, to hold your hand and talk to you to then we do processing and, and group conversations through our council. <laughs> um, it really, what I would say on choosing your journey is what is right for you? What do you need to get out of this experience? And like you mentioned, Darius, 
you know, do you want to have people to talk to? Do you want to create community? That's one of the things that we're doing with our group that it's, it's not really about just coming once and then that's kind of it. It really is. If this calls to you, then it's about community. It's about deepening your relationship with each other. It's about having people who understand this path and growth and journey that you're on and collaborating and connecting and, and rising together from this experience. Did you know that beyond this podcast that I help busy entrepreneurs, storytellers, artists, creatives, and healers who might be feeling a little bit bored and burnt out and trying to figure out what to do next and what's my purpose in life, really find those answers? How? Oh, I say it's through shifting. It's just a matter of shifting your vibration and your frequency to higher states of consciousness and awareness in order to find the answers and live the life that we truly desire to live. So if you want to become a deliberate conscious creator who is enjoying the creations and the manifestations that you are experiencing in life, then I invite you to be a part of a very special five-week intensive. You can get all the details at dariath.com forward slash shift to learn more. You can experience wholeness, personal freedom, expanded states of creativity, confidence, and flow while achieving your goals and flourishing in your unique gifts and talents. After this podcast episode, please head over to dariath.com forward slash shift to learn more about it. So one of the areas that we're really focusing on in our retreat is building community. You know, it's not just about coming to one experience and then that's kind of it. People can do that, but there's this deeper piece of connecting with other high quality humans who are dedicated to their growth and understand this journey and what it means and really elevating in life and business and everything together. And so the one thing that I would say overall about this is get really clear on what it is that's important to you. I've talked to some people and they like, they really just want to go to the jungle and have an authentic you know, I have said hardcore, a, a powerful jungle experience and whatever it is that you're desiring, get clear on that. And then you start to put the word out and allow the right experience to come to you because when it's presented, you're going to know, oh, this is it. And you can also then ask your questions of, you know, I'm really wanting this. How does integration work with you? What are the people like who join? What's the training of this guide. Um, even in the Amazon, there's now ayahuasca tourism. So there are lots of people that have little or no training that could be doing these ceremonies. So it's really important to find what it is that's most aligned for you. And then the right experience will come to you. Yeah. And I love the way that you put that. Um, and I will make sure that we include a link uh, on this podcast. <clears throat> And in this YouTube video to a guide that we developed um, by working with numerous different facilitators and those in this space on how to begin your plant medicine uh, journey with a detailed list of questions to ask um, whenever you choose. There are lots of choices and by all means, just as you point out Sloan, like really coming with the intention of what do I want to experience because they are very different. Um, <laughs> yes the jungle versus a mansion um, is an entirely <laughs> different experience. 
in, in what you physically experience. And then obviously <clears throat> your experience with the medicine is going to be what it is. Um, so that guide may be in service to you. And um, we, of course, are going to put links to your various <clears throat> retreats as well. What do you find to be um, maybe mo you're most excited about with this rise in the psychedelics renaissance and or in more conversations about entheogens and plant medicine? And also, what do you find, if anything, might be most concerning for you? Well, I'm the most excited about people opening up to these beautiful tools that we have for healing and growth, because it has absolutely revolutionized my life, my life experience. And then many, many clients that I've been working with over the years, the same thing. It's just to see the effect of how people step into love, their highest potential, um, their, their lives more fully using these medicines. I really believe that we are at this turning point in human history where as people we're really shifting into either more love, more compassion, self-awareness, or it can be for some people more fear and more circumstances are rising to go kind of down that other path. So it just feels like these medicines are quite profound in supporting people and going down the path of love. And then what's concerning is, well, my experience, let me say that again. Um, what's most concerning to me with the psychedelic Renaissance, I love that you called it that, is that it feels a little bit like the wild west right now. And I've heard, I just literally last weekend, someone was sharing with me again, that the first time he ever experienced ayahuasca was just kind of in someone's living room and drinking a big, huge glass of ayahuasca and having this crazy experience. And then that was it. And right now there are a lot of people who are calling themselves shamans or guides who are hosting retreats and doing things where, um, they can, and there, are, there's a lot of demand. And at the same time, it's so important that each of us gets really clear on what kind of experience we want to have, and then ask the questions, not assuming just because someone's in the Amazon or just because they're say they're a shaman or have access to, to any of these medicines, that it means that this is the right experience. Because the one thing that I know for sure is that the experience that you have is filtered through the consciousness of the guides. And if you're in with someone who has drank ayahuasca 10 times and now is calling themselves a shaman and doing these ceremonies, you know, depending on, on where they are in their consciousness, you, you on some energetic level are receiving from them. And so at the same time, there are so many people doing such great work who have literally helped thousands of people who were raised since birth, who are doing beautiful work that is actually really clean and clear. And so it might take a little more effort to find that. And it is well worth it. I agree 100%. Uh, and especially in the fact that there is this, this growing awareness. And at the same time, there are a number of people who are stepping into the space, calling themselves shamans or medicine holders. And as you point out, having 10 ceremonies under their belt does not make them 
uh, a shaman. And so really sourcing <clears throat> and finding someone who is serving the medicine with integrity and understanding and reverence and appreciation um, because there are, in instances, as you point out, um, some transference. And these medicines are so intelligent. Like, so, you know, I, I was having a conversation with someone before and they were like, well, how do you know that they're intelligent? Why are you just saying that? I said, well, let me just put it this way. COVID is extremely intelligent and it's a virus. So, you know, imagine what with plant and these plant intelligence that have been here, that people who have had connection with them have been able to work with and much more positive means, right? So if that, I left it at that and they were like, hmm, I think I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> so highly intelligent. And it is, it's so special and, and it deserves our reverence of choosing the right guide with the medicine and also the right setting. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you talk about uh, really blending neuroscience, or at least having the understanding of neuroscience as it relates to integration. How's that weaving uh, together? Yeah. And, and what does that look like for someone? Yes. Well, one of the most gorgeous things about this medicine is that when you take the medicine, you have uh, what's called neuroplasticity in your brain. So usually our brain on purpose sets up pathways for the things that we do over and over and over again. And that's the things that we do, the thoughts that we think, the ways that we feel. And when I say our brain does this on purpose, it's actually so that, you know, it wouldn't make sense at all for us to be moving through life and constantly having to kind of figure out how to do like drive a car today as if we'd never driven it before. So thank you brain for that. And on some level, that is also what keeps us in the same rut or in the same behaviors, even when we want to change them, it can be really challenging. And what happens with psychedelics and specifically in this case with ayahuasca is that your brain is actually functioning on a different level and interacting with itself in different ways hormonally, physiologically than it does when you're not on the medicine. So what does this mean practically? Well, not only are you, you're having the psychedelic experience while you're on the medicine and, and the way that your conscious and subconscious are interacting with each other in ways that they don't usually after the ayahuasca experience, when you come out of it, you have a period of time after where your brain still has this neuroplasticity, you actually have an easier time to take different actions than in your regular waking life. So let's, let me give an example. Let's say that, um, usually with your husband, when he leaves his dishes in the sink, it drives you nuts. You feel like you've talked to him about it before and you can't believe he does this and he doesn't care and he leaves it. And you always get really activated inside about it. After the time with ayahuasca, you have an opportunity to first have a little bit more space from your usual reaction about the dishes to look at why does this bother me so much? What is it inside of me that this is activating? And maybe it's something to do with your dad who didn't pay attention to you. And this activates that feeling like your husband's ignoring you or whatever it is, you can look at it and choose to move through it differently. So maybe this time, instead of just reacting to your husband, you become aware of that and you comfort yourself. 
oh, wow, Sloan, that's really making you feel not seen. That's a challenging situation. You're, you're looking at it, interacting with it in a different way. And it's easier for you now to make a different choice about how you react from the dishes. Then let's say before you did the ayahuasca, you always have this automatic response. So when we look at the integration period immediately following ayahuasca as a time where you, you have some more flexibility in how you respond and what you experience, you can actually use it as a very powerful time for growth. Yeah, I find that one of the things that I've been able to do after various different plant medicine experiences beyond ayahuasca is, is to not only reflect on how I feel in the moment of something that's occurring, but almost, almost be aware of what's possible for me if I think differently before I say something. So it's almost like I'm, I'm, I can create a scenario where I prepave the emotion that I believe I want to have. It's, I'm still working with that. I'm still uncovering it, but it's a really interesting dynamic that I've, I've been able to witness myself experiencing at right after plant medicine. It's like, I'm much more conscious of the emotional set point that I'm in and almost deciding ahead of time, how would I choose to feel or how would I choose to react? And so it isn't so much that there is a question and then I think about it. It's like, I almost have that question that's ready to go. And I'm, I'm behaving in, in, I'm behaving in a way that before this thing happens, I'm all, I've already decided I'm going to be at peace with it. I'm going to be happy about it. I'm going to be okay with it. I'm going to be neutral with it. And that for me is a first time is that instead of me reacting to a common situation, it's me knowing that that common situation happens and I choose to be neutral about it. I choose to not entangle with it. I choose to not feel the way that I felt in the past, which is a very different way of being for me. I love that you're bringing that up because it really is a beautiful example of your choosing to act already from your highest self, your true self, the the best part of you. Mm -hmm. And it's easier to do, especially in the days following this medicine experience. Yeah. Because you've been, because if your experience has brought you to your higher self, and if you are, uh, at least in my case, the way that I, I can help to submit that is through my morning routine and through meditation and through journaling and through uh, breath work and through channeling and through all the other modalities that that uh, I get to experience, it anchors me back into that, which ultimately helps me to be in in my higher self. Now I get it; I'm human, and there's lots of other things that come along, and there's bumps in the road. But because I'm practicing using my higher self to to be in awareness at most times, it's allowed me to just have a different way about life. I, I heard someone say this the other day, and I, I said I was going to adopt this. He said, um, as as more of us are awakening into the new earth and, and really experiencing this, this, this more expanded consciousness, there's no need for stress. 
There's mm-hmm. no need for you. There, it just doesn't exist in the new earth because there's there's no separation. There's no polarity. There's no there's no so so the old way of thinking that stress is the way that I need to respond to this is like it's not a useful response. You almost get yourself out of it because you are behaving in this in in this this higher awareness. And and I thought, hmm, I love the way he put that. Yes, I love that also. And a lot of people know intellectually stress isn't needed. Stress isn't the highest possible response, but, but having the experience of not feeling stress or choosing, like you're saying, choosing to not go into stress is a whole different thing with the ayahuasca. And that's one of the greatest gifts. You can feel it and understand it in your body instead of it just being up here. Yeah. What would you say to someone who is uh, sitting on the edge of their seat and um, they've found their facilitator, they've found where they're going to journey, they have their intentions, they've done their prep work, their dieta, and um, they are days or weeks away from having their first experience. What would be your advice or information for them? I first, I'm so excited for you. What a beautiful experience. And and also really, I want to honor all this preparation because I think that is so important. It's just like anything, what you put into it is what you get out of it. And it's a whole different world when you show up the way you just described Darius versus, oh, I'm going to kind of rock into a ceremony and see how it plays out. So that's all such a celebration. And the number one thing I would recommend is to pre-plan your after experience. When we, for our retreat, we book the retreat dates, which already include an extra day to be together, to integrate um, before everyone leaves and flies to their locations. And I always highly recommend at the moment we book the retreat that you also book the next four days, just completely open on your calendar. So there's spaciousness for your integration. There's spaciousness for you to be in this different state before you go back into your whole world that's set up by the the one who was previously you. And then also to really consider what would be kind for me to set up for myself for following this experience. So for some people, for most of us, that is, who am I going to be sharing this experience with? Who would be part of my uplift and who maybe I need to hold off on experiencing. And that could be your husband or your partner. It could be your mom. You know, you want to be really conscious about who would it be kind to actually be open to sharing this with? And who would it be kind for myself? Mm -hmm. How would I be the most kind for myself? Because what you don't want is to have this powerful experience and then come home and share something about it with someone who's not ready to receive that. And then they put seeds of doubt in, or they make something wrong, or they just can't understand. And so if you have someone who's close to you, who, you know, "Mm, I'm, I'm not sure about sharing this with them. Maybe you just share in advance that, Hey, I'm going to have this, this experience for myself. And I might not be ready to share all the details with you right when I come home, but it doesn't mean I don't love you. And I'm going to, you know, if, and when I'm ready. And that, that's a really loving thing to put in place for yourself in advance. That is beautiful advice. And uh, I 100% would, would agree with you on that is give yourself the time when you come home, days, weeks, if you can, uh, and definitely be discerning about who you share this with um, and, and 
and, and so much so about really protecting your energy uh, coming out of it and moving forward. And so what a beautiful, beautiful piece of advice. I always ask all of my guests uh, who are on the show um, to share with us the meaning for you of the way of the healer. And so what, what, how would you describe or what, what do you feel into um, when you hear the word way and what does that mean to you, the way of the way healer? Of the healer. That's a beautiful question. And I love that title for this podcast. To me, the way of the healer is walking the path of living in love. And at its core is me having clarity that I can only support others in their healing to the depths of the healing that I've gone to myself. And of course it's, it's always unfolding. There's always more, and I'm dedicated to my own growth and, and healing and uplift and evolution as much as I am to serving others in that way. And so I think ultimately from that place, I would say the way of the healer is, is walking a path in love and in service. And really it's like, how can I use the gifts that I have and, and who I am to contribute to the uplift of other people and humanity as much as possible. Mm, I love that. And um, that is part of what inspired me to come up with the title, the way of the healer and that each of us uh, have such a beautiful opportunity to be uh, more infectious in the world with love. And that being, you know, perhaps our, our greatest opportunity to not only heal ourselves, but to heal others. And so we thus all become some form of a healer in some capacity. And while we might not be serving medicine or being a facilitator, um, healing whatever wounds that might be happening in our homes or at work or with friends or family um, is, is a part of each of us becoming healers uh, in, in our own capacity. And so thank you for, for sharing that. And thank you for being here. We'll make sure that we include all of the links for people to connect with you, uh, as well as any of the retreats and information that you're offering. That's available for you in the show notes page, as well as here on the YouTube channel. I invite you all who are watching to please subscribe, hit the like button, Offer us any comments below. I will read all of the comments and of course, share those with Sloan. And we encourage you to share this with others. Anyone that you might know who might be interested in uh, discovering plant medicine or ayahuasca, uh, we invite you to share and uh, invite you to always be in this space and listen for the next episode. So Sloan, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Daria, what a pleasure. Thank you, so good to see everyone. Did you know this podcast is a part of an even larger docu-series? Yep, there is an entire documentary underway called The Way of the Healer, where I introduce you to extraordinary women from around the world who are transforming lives with the use of plant medicine and psychedelics. You can learn more about it at thewayofthehealer.com. Thanks for being a part of my day and for listening. Be sure to check out the website, thewayofthehealer.com, for more details, useful tools and links, free resources, and more. Disclaimer. 
The Way of the Healer Conversation for Change podcast and its host and guests are providing this information for educational purposes only. We do not condone nor condemn the selling, purchase, or use of any substances that are considered outside of legal acquisition or usage. We encourage discretion and safety when involving yourself or others with substances and activities that are deemed illegal by your official local government laws and agencies. It is your responsibility to research and know applicable laws.